what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, the government passed its second COVID-19 recovery package, and they are here to help. We'll give you a quick update on the second round of PPP funding, which is now available. We've got the owner-founder of one of our small businesses of the month with us this morning, Jeff Eisenhower, who has started the Moonshine Mountain Soap Company. And we'll hear about his startup, and we'll find out about the right amount of moonshine to put in your soap. Finally, we'll wind up with our Small Business of the Month feature, where we'll highlight some interesting businesses that you should be checking out. Greetings. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm the director and co-host of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is the Dean of the School of Workforce Productivity in the Arts at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, how's it going today? Jeff, doing great. Hope you're doing well. Getting ready for school to start here in just a few days. I know it's a, it's a busy time. We've got uh, classes uh, cranking up again, and uh, that's always uh, good news. We wish we had more students joining us on campus, but we're going to be uh, safe for a while longer. That's true. Of course, in our school, uh, we have a lot of hands-on, face-to-face uh, labs that go along with our technical programs like engineering, welding, machining. So we're actually looking forward to seeing a few students come back on campus, and we're excited about that. But we have to make sure that they're safe. That's the number one priority. Well, well. speaking of staying safe and uh, uh, dealing with COVID-19, the federal government uh, uh, passed the second COVID-19 recovery package back in late December, and it includes a new round of funding for the Paycheck Protection Program, commonly known as the PPP program, as well as uh, more funding for the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program. And just wanted to make sure that our listeners out there are aware that uh, if they took a PPP loan during the first round, they still may well be eligible for a second PPP loan. Uh, They would be eligible if they used the first loan for the authorized purposes, and they've they've used that first loan. And and again, the PPP loan is used primarily for payroll to keep people employed. Uh, Secondly, it's uh, open for businesses that have no more than 300 employees, And third, uh, it's open to businesses and nonprofit organizations, for that matter, uh, who can demonstrate at least a 25% reduction in their gross sales between comparable quarters uh, between 2019 and 2020. So if you had a 25% sales loss in one of the quarters in 2020 compared to 2019, uh, you're probably eligible for a second uh, PPP loan. And uh, as, as most folks know, PPP loans are made through financial institutions. So you should contact your bank or, or lending organization. Uh, and you know, if you're near a small business center or a business development center, they can provide some direction as well. If you go out to the SBA website, they've actually got a 
link to help you match up to lending organizations in your area that uh, are participating in the PPP program. But most most banks and lending organizations are. So um, something good to check out. PPP program went a long way towards supporting uh, small businesses in the first round. Um, the it, it is open and uh, applications are being taken through March 31st this year. So you don't want to wait too long to get your application in. And uh, you, the bank has to get your application to the SBA by March 31st. So don't show up at your bank on March 31st. You need to uh, get in there and say at least a week before that. So, Jeff, did you spend time working with your clients or some folks advising them with this program in 2020? Uh, we, we did and, and uh, tried to help people uh, get the right documents together that they need. Uh, ultimately, it does go through banks. But uh, as, you, as you can imagine, there are a lot of questions out there. And, and I've, I've been in a few webinars this week just trying to get up to speed on uh, uh, the second round and uh, you know, seems, seems to be off to a good start. You know, we've, we've had some inquiries on it here at our small business center, not as many as the first round, but there are, there are people calling, asking questions. So uh, if you're uh, eligible, certainly encourage you to uh, participate in it. In that, uh, you know, if you're using the loan for at least 60% of payroll costs and, and other eligible costs, uh, it is a forgivable loan. So uh, you won't have to repay it, which is always good. I was going to ask you if that feature is still in there. Still in there. It's a very important one. Well, uh, so, uh, you know, this program's really helped a lot of people. And, you know, we we sit around and, you know, I am probably guilty of making cracks about the the government here or there. Gary's too nice to do that. But uh, (laughs) this this program's been pretty successful. So uh, if you're eligible, you should be checking it out. I'm looking forward to talking with our guest, Jeff Eisenhower. Hey, Jeff, are you out there? I am here, uh, Jeff. Good morning to you. Well, we want to welcome you to the Entrepreneur Exchange. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Gary. Gary and I know you more as a local educator, and you're currently the director of the Career and Technical Education Program uh, here in Catawba County, working with our local students, but you're also an entrepreneur. Yes, sir. So tell us a little bit about your background and and uh, your business, the uh, Moonshine Mountain Soap Company. Well, I, I'm uh, not your typical educator. I'll say that I was in the, the private world uh, for several years uh, before coming, starting out in a classroom uh, in my late 20s and then uh, moved through different levels of education in the district and then uh last three years i've been the cte director for catawba county schools but in that process you know five or six years from now i'm going to retire and from education and wanted to start a business something to maybe supplement my retirement and uh, to still stay active and my father was a small business owner uh, when i was a much younger man and watched him through that process so we started making soap and uh, it's um, a very unique business to be in. It's, um, it's a lot of fun. And we started uh, literally from the countertop, the kitchen countertop, uh, making products and then uh, formed an LLC in 2019. 
in February of that year. And so we've got, we function under two uh, DBAs uh, based on the products that we produce. Well, well, tell us a little bit about the products that you uh, that you produce, and and uh, you know where the uh, the your your business name came from. Okay, so well, we've got uh, you know on one side of the aisle we have uh, our our uh, LLC is uh, under the name of Cinnamon Ridge LLC, and so we have um, we have a business that called Cinnamon Ridge Soap Company on that side that we make uh, artisan soaps and traditional bar soaps. Uh, we, na- we now produce uh, candle uh, wax melts and moving into producing more of uh, more candles and those things of that nature. So we have that side of the business. And then the most unique side is the one that we call Moonshine Mountain Soap Company under that DBA. And that is something that came about um, in the midst uh, of 2020, late in the year, middle to late part of the year. And we came up with an idea of uh, taking um, half of a moonshine jar and putting it on a flat bar of soap and uh, putting it out uh, with a little bit of moonshine in every small batch. And so the way that we got started with that, uh, Jeff and Gary, is I was asked by a distiller in another county if I could make some soap using their uh, moonshine in the recipe, and that was that like a traditional bar soap. And so we did the research on how all that works and started making uh, some bar soaps for those folks uh, in a wholesale capacity to sell in their distillery. But along the way... Uh, I stopped in um, at a little convenience store one afternoon, and there was a a toy quart jar on the shelf, and it was a dollar. And I thought, I wonder if I could take that and emboss that on uh, a flat bar of soap and do some other things with it. So we came back uh, to the shop, and I got some silicone and started making some molds and doing some things and carving some stuff on uh, some resin uh, pours that we had done. Took it to a buddy of mine who's uh, an engineer and had lunch with him one day and said, hey, what do you think about this shape? And he said, I think that's cool. I think I think that has potential to do to do some uh some good right there from a retail market standpoint. He said, let me take it and redesign it for you. So he redesigned it in SolidWorks and then printed me off a copy of that uh, using a 3D printer. We took that and started making uh, our molds and then started pouring soap soap out of it. So the soap is uh, from a shape standpoint, it's about a 10, 10 ounce bar on average. And so we filed for a second DBA after uh, we started showing that around and formed Moonshine Mountain Soap Company at that point in time. It's a really cool uh, bar about in my hand because uh, hillbilly honey, but I mean, it's really a cool shape. How is it to use 
Jeff. I mean, because you got the half bar. It's a big bar of soap. Yeah, ten, ten ounces. Ten ounces sounds like a pretty hefty piece of soap. There, it, it is a pretty hefty piece of soap, and uh, you know, it actually, uh, from a, a standpoint of holding it, uh, the way it's rounded on the top surface actually fits your hand uh, pretty well uh, to use it if you want to use that flat bar piece, which is you know to rub it uh, directly on your skin to use it on your hair. Uh, however you want to use it. He's telling the truth. I'm holding it in my hand right now. It's yeah. Perfect. And and so there's a couple different ways. The other thing about the design standpoint is it stands up on the end and you can stand it directly up um, on the, the rack in the shower. It stays in the shower rack easier than my other bar. So, yeah. So it's funny you said that because I just put it down on my desk and it's standing up so I can just like you say. Yeah, and from from the um, cost standpoint, you know, um, it is a novelty bar in the same in one sense. But every soap that we make is made in a cold process method. They're hand poured, uh, hand mixed. They're done in small batches, and uh, everything we use are, are all natural ingredients from plant oils uh, or butters that come out of nature. Uh, they're excellent for the skin. Uh, and the hair and very nourishing and so you know I'm one of those guys I wouldn't wouldn't would never have thought you know this is what I'm going to do as a side hustle uh, later in life is to make soap and cosmetic products and those types of things there that are all natural but you know the more that we do this the more that we understand how they benefit uh, your, your skin and just uh, quality of life and how you feel when you get out of the shower or you get in the tub or just applying them on a daily basis. But there's nothing unnatural about these products. They're all found in nature. But how'd you come up with the names? You got some really nice, neat names like banana pudding, fireball, blackberry cobbler, and then you've got bootlegger and blue ridge. I know there's some reason behind those. Yeah, every that's a great question. Gary. Everything that's you, we've got listed from a name standpoint, in some way, shape, or form, we've tried to connect to just the history and culture of moonshine in in some way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, our we we started out with um, we started out with uh, a, some of our best sellers. There are the Outlaw, uh, which is a whiskey and tobacco scent, and uh, we've got one that uh, we just rolled out called the Sour Mash. Uh, we, one that we even make one that's uh, and it surprised us of how well it sold. Uh, we're out of stock out of it right now. It's called the Harvest Time Jar Bar, and and I need I failed to mention that earlier. It is called the Jar Bar. That's what we call it. Uh, but it the Harvest Time is actually made with 100% lard. And, you know, we tell a little story with uh, each bar of soap uh, and each fragrance. The one you have, uh, Gary, is called the Hillbilly Honey. Right. Uh, it's uh, a bay rum and tobacco scent. It's a combination. So it's a nice uh, combination of fragrances. We've got one called uh, the Bootlegger. Uh, and uh, probably the, the most, um, I'd say the most unique one that we have uh, is called the Strawberry Panty Dropper Jar Bar. And oh, I saw that. 
Yeah, well, and there is a there is a recipe if you Google strawberry uh, panty dropper moonshine, you're going to find that out there uh, on the internet. So, you know, you moonshine is flavored uh, just like other um, alcohols with uh, different fruits and things of that nature and grain products and and they all have unique names that, that, that in some way, shape, or form. So we've tried to do the same thing here from a cultural and his, historical perspective. Jeff, you're speechless from these names, particularly the last one. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm letting that one pass for the time being, but uh, Jeff, I wanted to ask, you know, you know, my, you know generally I'm taking a shower to uh, get rid of the smell of whiskey and moonshine, uh, you, you know, is, uh, is there, uh, I don't want to say, a, you know, a, a medicinal property to having moonshine in one soap? Is it just a good cleaner? Is it, I know it kills just about everything. Well, we, um, I, I don't have a problem with it as far as what it does. I mean, it's, you're, you're not going to smell uh, the alcohol scent, but if you, if you take, like our number one seller is the bourbon tobacco bar. It's just a great scent. It's, it's, you know, it's a fabulous scent, uh, masculine, but it's just a nice fragrance. The sour mash, um, is a whiskey scent, but when it, when it, the soap cures out, but as far as the medicinal purposes, you know, we don't have anything scientific that says that, you know, if you've got alcohol in the soap, um, we, uh, it's going to be better for your skin. However, I do say, you know, in a lot of our uh, online things that we put a little uh, moonshine in every small batch and we do that to be authentic. And the thing with alcohol and soap, it's a starch. And so when you're mixing that up from a cold process standpoint, from a chemical reaction, uh, you can't put too much. You don't want to put too much into it because it changes the chemical properties and it can mess it up in some way, shape, or form. So traditionally, when people use alcohol and soap, particularly in large batches, uh, they may boil that alcohol to get to, to boil the alcohol out of the liquid part of it so that it doesn't affect the chemical process as much. For us, we make everything in small batches. We make our own molds. We pour those out. Um, we vacuum chamber uh, the silicone rubber and do that and pour those out, make our own mold boxes. And uh, once we finish with the mold process and we have those set up, when we pour the soap into it, we do it in, in small batches and we do put approximately uh, two ounces of moonshine in every small batch, which gives us about nine bars of soap. So we and and the other thing, gentlemen, is we buy moonshine that's only made here in the st great state of North Carolina. We try to support our local uh, distillers by doing that as well. How did you learn to do this? How did I learn to do it? Yeah. Um. Well, you know, I, I get asked all the time from folks, "How did you How did you start making soap?" and and in 2018, uh, later in that year, like a lot of guys, I waited to uh, buy Christmas presents and went into a very high-end soap shop and bought some beautiful, beautiful bars of soap. 
and dropped them in stockings uh, in December for people and, and noticed sometime in January that they were still, they were on the shelf for uh, whatever reason. And um, let me, let me back up. I think that was in 2017 that I did that, not 2018. So several months had gone by six months or so. And I noticed that bars of soap that I had purchased for people were still on the shelf. And I'm like, why, why are these here? And so I took one and actually opened it up and started using it in the shower and said, you know, in the midst of taking a shower, I wonder how you make this stuff. How did these people do this? And so I started reading. I bought a couple books, got involved with a couple groups that make soap and started looking at things. And so one afternoon I started getting some pots and pans and different things out of the, the cabinet. And my wife came in and said, what are you doing? And I said, eh, I just came back from Walmart. I got picked up a couple of ingredients here. I'm going to do something. And I'm a woodworker on the side, so I'd gone out in the shop. I'd made me a mold box for this and, and done some things and started mixing stuff up on the kitchen counter. Made a terrible mess. I mean, a terrible mess. <laughs> but but I made my first bar, uh, first batch of soap, and I'm telling you guys, it was ugly. It was ugly. <laughs> uh, so, but from there... You know, uh, I had uh, a buddy of mine that asked me, he said, uh, have you ever thought about uh, making base soaps, uh, hemp oil? We do put some hemp oil in some of our other soaps, and it, it's a great product to use um, from a, a skin standpoint, a moisturizing standpoint. And from there, it just started to grow. And then, you know, once we started making some and, you know, giving some away, uh, a couple of people wanted to buy some here and there. I told my wife, I said, you know, I think I can make some of this stuff and sell it. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. And so I moved from the kitchen countertop doing this to one of our uh, extra bedrooms in the house that I cleared out from there to the garage and from the garage to uh, my shop building, which is, is separated uh, from my house. And that's where we do all of our production right now and about um, in, in that shop building uh, behind my house. That's a classic story of how you started from the kitchen and going on. That's, that's a neat story. Jeff, how did you uh, how did you get uh, your product out to your customers' hands, or how did you make them aware of it uh, as you were as you were going through your startup? Well, we some of it was direct sales to people that wanted to just buy that, and then we we do have kind of a three tiered model on how we get how we uh, sell product. One is and. I, I love to do this. I love to work the trade shows and the festivals and those things like that because, you know, with the type of product that I have and I've got a beard and, and those things, I love to put on a pair of overalls and a, a flannel shirt or a T-shirt and sell soap. I mean, because, uh, you know, it's an all-natural product. Our, our companies, the two names, we have the Cinnamon Ridge, which has a mountainous theme to it. But now the Moonshine Mountain Soap Company, you know, we unload that, we set up our display, and 
it's it's a natural attraction. I mean, when people see the word moonshine, they come in. And when they see the shape of the, the jar bar and those things and all the different scents, um, you know, it's it's a it's a unique product. It's a natural attractant at a trade show or a festival or those types of things. Uh, of course, we make other soaps. We make goat milk soaps and some of those other things and sell those products as well. We make beer and wine soaps. We started doing that. Um, so try to try to cross uh, uh, every threshold you can with something that's unique. Uh, probably the most unique soap that I made in 2020 was a persimmon soap. And I actually went down uh, in the field below the house there and picked up uh, several uh, small buckets of persimmons and worked those up and made uh, just some beautiful smoked chamomile scented persimmon soap. Uh, so, but with the moonshine soap, I mean, it's a natural seller at the, at the trade shows and festivals. Uh, the other thing is we do, we have an online presence uh, that we sell to, and then we do the wholesale piece. The wholesale piece is the one that we're most interested in as far as, um, being able to connect to other business owners uh, who have mercantiles or uh, gift shops or uh, those things of that nature. We, we were able to pick up two clients in the uh, Sevierville, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee area right away uh, once that product came out at the 1st of November. That's cool. Did you have to go through much uh, regulatory approval with this product? No, uh, actually, uh, all natural soaps are not regulated by the FDA. And okay. uh, so, uh, but there are some requirements that you, you have to have in place when you do make products and sell them like that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a little different. I mean, I, you know, we're a member of some different, uh, soap guilds and craft guilds. And of course they're always, um, keeping us abreast of, uh, regulations in that industry and uh, if uh, if regulations were to ever come into place it would put a lot of people that do this um, out of business because we just would not be able to, to deal with it now we've got a we've got a patent pending on this bar shape right uh, here uh, myself and the other guy that helped me design it uh, and uh, then we're involved in, in an issue with a trademark on another product that we have and and those uh, dealings with trademarks and patents uh, is a beast to deal with. So mm -hmm. uh, this sure. is a micro patent here that we have on this that that's pending on this. And and uh, I know you guys know this. It could take up to a year or more sometimes before you get any uh, news back on the patent, and then you may have to go through several other uh, processes to to get approval with something like that. Absolutely. Like I said, it also can be a pretty expensive process as well. It can be an expensive process, but we wanted to make sure that we at least uh, tied it up as long as we could, um, starting off with the shape of this. I mean, there's there are other products out there that have similar shapes or similar designs like this. Not We've not found any that have the flat bar on the back. You might have some that have half, but we... Um, you know, we wanted to make sure that we uh, have a unique product, and and it is. We package it in a unique way. We drop it in a in a cotton sack, 
and it's stamped uh, with Moonshine Mountain Slip Company on the front, and then on the back, it, it's got a stamp on the back that says a small batch handmade all natural soap. From an information standpoint, we actually created uh, individual cards with those names on them, and they have a QR code on the uh, card that goes out uh, that tells you about your soap product and the name. Uh, we're not seen on camera when we do those things or put anything out on Instagram or Facebook. So it tried to keep the mystique of being uh, associated with moonshine. So Very cool. How did the pandemic impact you in the last 10 months? Well, the p pandemic uh, from um, an exposure standpoint um, impacted us because we're certainly all those events. We had uh, about 25 uh, trade shows or festivals uh, scheduled out uh, throughout uh, 2020 to work. And of course, you know, every single one of those was canceled. And so that, uh, you know, there are some events where we lost money in uh, and some of the organizations connected to that said, you know, we'll roll you over to 2021. So, you know, the good thing about 2021 is we uh, we're already paid up for a lot of those events to work those. And uh, we're you know trying to find more. We're very optimistic. Uh, our fourth quarter was good uh, based on. Um, the creation of this new product from a wholesale standpoint to uh, several businesses out here. And we did uh, fairly well from a retail standpoint uh, with it uh, also. But, you know, like I said, when you've got um, the face-to-face, -face, uh, you know, our online sales were pretty good. Uh, we, were, we, were, we were pleased with some of that. And our fourth quarter, you know, came in and saved us some of that. The other thing that helped us, believe it or not, is when we went into 2020, uh, we had come off of a, of a, a nine-month period where we felt like, okay, we can make this work. So from starting at the end of the year uh, of 2020 and moving into 2021, because this time of year is typically slow for retailers, and we all know that it starts to pick up again around valentine's day and then starts to move forward uh throughout the rest of the year but for those first six weeks moving into 2020 we made a tremendous amount of product and we were sitting on a huge inventory and so for much of 20 uh the rest of the year we had to push it out in as many ways that we possibly could to try to get it off of our shelves and and out of our stock. So it's affected us, but the good thing about me starting from scratch like this is I've not borrowed any money from the bank. I didn't do that. We took money out of our own savings and our own investments and and we've we've done this from the, the very beginning with uh, capital that we had in place. No, that, that 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 is comforting, and that uh, you know, if you can bootstrap and do it that way, that's the way to go. So, you know, Jeff, when when you look back on your startup, uh, are there any suggestions or lessons that you can share with other people who might be starting their own business? That's a great question. I, you know, I, I've said this in the last two years of doing this. 
that if you really want to learn about how life works, start a small business. And because you'll learn more doing this maybe than anything else that you do. Uh, and sometimes you learn the hard way. And, you know, sometimes I think people are just lucky with timing. Uh, but, you know, running a business takes work. I mean, and you've got to, um, you know, you're dedicated to it. I have, you know, I, I work a regular job during the day. And, you know, when we finish this podcast, I'm going to get back to it today. But the, um, you know, the thing is, you spend a lot of times. I remember looking at my dad um, all those years back and, you know, you'd see him at two o'clock in the morning in the shop working, and you know it's not a eight to five or nine to five or seven to three piece. It's a twenty-four-seven that you're consumed with trying to make something work. The advice that I would give to other people is probably uh, two, maybe two pronged. One is keep good records uh, with things because that, you know, and Ask other people for help when you you don't know the answer would be the other thing. So I'm constantly, I've got about four or five people in my life that I consider to be mentors that have been in business or who have been entrepreneurs. And I ask them all the time, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? So those are good know, pieces of advice. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm asking them all the time and, and there are other people out there that there are so many people out there that want to see you succeed. And you just, you've got to, um, you've got to ask other people for help. You also have a unique thing, which I like. You brought your son into it. Yeah, uh, I, I do. I've got a, uh, an 11 year old son and he comes in and helps me uh, in the, so we violate a lot of child labor laws. <laughs> with that he's just kidding folks <laughs> yeah yeah if you're lucky in that by by this point we've lost a lot of listeners they don't always stay with us that long so they you know, hopefully the regulators stopped listening a few minutes ago yeah i am i am joking when i say that no my son is there with me and um the um i think it's great yeah the, and the thing is is he helps me he may help me with uh you know, packaging or things of that nature. And as he grows older, the, the conversation that, that we're starting to have, he's like a lot of other kids. He wants to be a professional YouTuber. So I'm trying to, to counsel him from business side of things and the parental side of things is to find his interest in uh, graphic arts and design, uh, working with marketing and some of those types of things, because I will tell you, um, and I didn't mention this earlier with the advice piece, but, you know, marketing and understanding uh, social media and uh, that entire uh, infrastructure and uh, exposure standpoint is so important. And, you know, you you know, advertising, um, you, you've got to spend money on advertising uh, to get other people out there. And you've got to understand how that process works. Well, you've got a pretty cool looking uh, website out there. So why don't you why don't you share where people can find you uh, on, on the Web? OK, so, yes, uh, you can find us in two places. Uh, 
The moonshine uh, soap can be found at moonshinemountainsoaps.com and our other um, DBA uh, for art artisan bars of soap and uh, traditional bars can be found at cinnamonridgesoaps.com. And so uh, both of those are uh, fairly easy to maneuver and uh, to see the different products that we have. And you have a great uh, or quote on your website, that moonshine soap makes me want to get naked. Naked, N-E-K-K-I-D, naked. Yes, I, I was writing it down. I actually misspelled it the first time. It's two Ks. Two Ks, right. Well, it sounds like you've embraced the uh, the moonshine uh, outlaw lifestyle there, at least at least uh, in this in this part of your life. But uh, you know, Jeff, we we like to have our guests participate in our our lightning round. Are you up for that? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Well, no, this uh, this month's lightning round is sponsored by Globo Gym. So if you need to lose some weight and get in shape. Globo Gym might not be the right place, but if you're looking good, you want to go to Globo Gym. You should check it out on the internet. We've got a few quick questions for you. So uh, quick, quick questions, quick answers. So uh, here we go. Your entrepreneurship idol, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, or Jeff Bezos? I'd probably say uh, Steve Jobs would be my uh, idol there. Okay. What is your adult beverage of choice, Mr. Moonshine Guy? Oh, my God. Well, I like moonshine, but I am a uh, probably a bourbon drinker. And so my favorite is Knob Creek Smoked Maple. All right. I'm more wow. of a Maker's Mark guy, but that's a good answer. Uh, growing up, what was your favorite TV show? Oh, uh, Andy Griffith. And the All Beverly right. Hillbillies. <laughs> You're right in character. That's good. Yes, perfect. Uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? Absolutely. Last question for you. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, it'd be x-ray vision. All right. We won't ask you how you're going to use it, but too good to know. <laughs> no, that's Lightning, lightning round is uh, over. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, it is. Well, well, Jeff, we really, really thank you for for joining us, and and uh, you know, I went out on your web the the Moonshine Mountain website, and and I got to go on with Gary. That the, the product looks really cool. So, uh, and it looks like it's easy to buy online. So, uh, be looking for an order. So, um, uh, we're looking forward to that. At the end of uh, our podcast, we always like to highlight some small businesses that we've uh, run into and find interesting. And, and Jeff, if you got anything you want to share with us, we're happy to have you share one as well, or you can pass. Well, I, you know, I like to, to highlight um, certainly a lot of the local uh, owned businesses that uh, uh, one of one that I would like to highlight is in Claremont and um and it's a salon there called Sheer Bliss. And I know several of the ladies that uh, work there at that salon. It's, uh, it, it, you know, my my wife goes there and gets some things done. My son goes there and gets his hair cut. It's just a great, uh, great group of folks that work at Sheer Bliss in Claremont. Good deal. Well, we will def we'll give, definitely give them a shout out then. Gary, what uh, what small business do you want to give a shout out to? 
thanks, Jeff. I'm going to veer a little bit away from our normal shout out to a specific small business to highlight three of your students or our students that we recognized last week for being awarded grants to help them build their new businesses. We've talked a little bit about them in the past, but it just came to my mind again when I was thinking about it, how important what uh, they're doing and what you're doing to help them. I mean, these students went through the NACI sponsored everyday entrepreneurship venture fund program that you coordinated for our college last fall and was certainly a big success. They went through the training program that you had along with uh, Darcy and Christy, and they had the opportunity to then pitch their business idea to a panel of distinguished business leaders. Their pitch uh, panel determined whether they were going to get any funding or not. And these three students did an outstanding job of presenting their ideas and answering questions. And as a result, they were awarded grants uh, just a little bit ago. Uh, first one was Brandy Griggs from our advertising graphic design program for her Brandle Designs business. Evan Harris from our welding program for his outdoor mobile welding business. And Fong Zong from our automotive and welding program for his Fong's building fab automotive business. And we're all proud of these students, but I'm really excited about this program that you started, Jeff, with AC, and I look forward to seeing more of our students go through it uh, in the near future. So that's what I wanted to give a shout out to you and our students. Well, we also should give a, a shout out to our partners at uh, NACI, the National Association for Community College Entrepreneurship, because they're the one that are really uh, the driving force behind that. So a uh, shout out to our friends there. Yes, but you're doing a great job. And I know you're going to do another round coming up this spring, I hope. We're, look, we're looking forward to it. And uh, so so my small business of the month, and I, I found something I thought was really cool. Um, I don't I don't know where I saw it, but uh, it's a it's a business called Luxury Strike Bowling, and as as we can all imagine, bowling alleys in many businesses where people gathered together have really been decimated by the pandemic, and it, but it, it's forced some people to get creative. So this past June, a gentleman uh, named Terrence Jackson Jr. launched Luxury uh, Luxury strike bowling in the Southfield, Michigan area. And it's the world's first mobile bowling alley and lounge. And it's built in a 53 foot semi-truck trailer. <laughs> and it's a private bowling alley on wheels. It's got two lanes. It's got a sky loft. It can hold 15 people at a time. It's got a state-of-the-art sound media lighting system uh, to create a party ambiance. Uh, people reserve it for private events, and we'll assume that it's their family or bubble of people that they've been hanging out with, uh, uh, but you can reserve it, and they bring it to you. Um, it's uh, got 500 square feet of temperature-controlled space, and the, I, I read a little bit about it. Their lanes were a little bit shorter than the standard lanes, and it looks more like it's sort of a duck-pin bowling uh, situation but it looks like a lot of fun. They've got some big screens so you can be watching, I guess, movies or shows or everything while you're doing it. So uh, it looks like quite the mobile party and you can check them out. Yeah. You should, you should really check them out because it is really cool. If you go to luxury strike bowling.com uh, you can see pictures and, and see what they're doing. And I guess if you're listening in Michigan, you can go online and, and reserve a date or at least close to Southfield, Michigan. As uh, Joe Bob would say, you should check it out. So if you've got a, 
If you've got a suggestion for our Entrepreneur Exchange Small Business of the Month, you can email them to us at eexchange at themesh.tv. And uh, if we use yours, we'll get you a, a prize pack from the Entrepreneur Exchange. Jeff Eisenhower, we really want to thank you for, for joining us today and, and uh, sharing uh, uh, your, your story and your business and your startup. We really appreciate it. Yeah, Jeff, you're a good friend. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Be safe out there. Continue to be safe. Absolutely. Well, everybody, everybody stay healthy, uh, stay warm out there, and we will look forward to having you uh, back next month. And we want to thank The Mesh for hosting us and go to TheMesh.tv to see a lot of uh, other cool podcasts out there. So we'll look forward to talking with you again next month. Take care, folks. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.